Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, PCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. Another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. This is episode 401. We hope that you caught our 400th episode with our good friend Mike Taglier of the Fantasy Pros. If you haven't caught that yet, make sure you dial back one episode to episode 400 and catch my conversation with Mike Taglier. I have Bobby LaMarco with me once again here. We're going to be breaking down the wide receiver age analysis. If you are new to the program, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Sky Guasco. You can find Bobby on Twitter at his name, Bobby LaMarco. On Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod. And for Bobby, fantasyfootball X Factor. Also, please subscribe right here on YouTube and leave us a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Feel free to jump in the comment section if you're catching this live. Let's bring in my man, Bobby. Bobby, good sir. How are you doing, man? How was your weekend? It was good, man. I guess the real question, how are you feeling after 400 episodes with Mike Tagliere? How's everything going, man? Congratulations, of course. I'm glad to be aboard, but tell me your thoughts. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, It was quite the honor to have Mike on, clearly. Um, I mentioned it about 13 times in the episode, uh, but, um, you know, Mike specific, he was one of the first people that I started following in fantasy football um, many moons ago. And I just really appreciate the way that he goes about all of his styles of content, uh, content, um, the way that he handles the the podcast, uh, the way that he goes about his research, the way that he writes articles, the way that he comes up with his analytics and data. And Bobby, you and I pride ourselves on those things as well. And he has really set the tone for me personally. And, you know, I love a lot of people in the industry. He's just, he's just kind of the first person I latched onto early in his career coming out of pro football focus into the fantasy pros, watch fantasy pros grow. And he has been a a pillar over there uh, from the beginning. And um, to have him on the 400th episode was really uh, an absolute honor. So shouts out to Mike uh, Taglier. Of course you can follow him on Twitter, Mike Taglier NFL, um, one of the best in the business at fantasy pros as well. Uh, but also, you know, I, I gave a shout out as well, but I'll do it again here, uh, to my buddies, Daniel and Curly, my high school friends, childhood friends I played little league with growing up, started the uh, podcast with me in 2018. Those guys stepped away. They're both incredible. Um, you know, uh, they're working in the professor world basically these days. Uh, so they're both killing it in, in other realms and that formed into Lucas and I for a season and then Dweez popped on and then Bobby, now you and I are doing it. So it's been a family affair here. Uh, I'm absolutely blessed to even be able to do this for 400 episodes. But here's the deal, man. You and I have a special announcement on this podcast. I'm really excited about this. You and I have been working behind the scenes for a few weeks, um, bringing in a new member of the TCK family. And really, I guess we're a part of their family now. And that's the Believe Podcast Networks. We're very excited to be a part of their network Uh, They have over 300 podcasts, not all sports, but primarily sports, a lot of football. But the great news is we are the fantasy football podcast on their network right now. So for any of you listening on the Believe Podcast Network that you stumbled across us with some other uh, football um, forwards, we are your fantasy one-stop shop. So feel free to jump in and let us know any questions. We're new to the Believe team, but Bobby and I have been doing this for a long time, and I've been at it for 400 episodes. So I'm very excited to turn the page. We have a new gathering, a new group of things, a new effort and energy heading in to 
uh, this summer here. We're getting through June, and then July picks up, of course. August is draft season, and we kick off in September, Bobby. I'm very, very excited about that, and we have some great news out of Seattle. They're going to have a full stadium. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but uh, it's going to be fun <laughs> to have the energy back at least for the NFL. So we're kicking things up, and today we have a fun episode. You've been working on this for quite a while, and uh, I'm really going to kind of lean on you for this episode here and your your analysis and data which is the wide receiver age analysis. And I'll let you kind of explain what that means here quickly. But a quick reminder, as we get through June and then go into July, Bobby and I are doing player spotlights. Uh, This week I'm going to skip mine because I had the 400th episode and we're just going to move it over. But starting next week, I'm going to do a player spotlight on Tuesday. Bobby and I are going to have our episode together on Wednesdays. Bobby's going to have a player spotlight on Thursday. So we're going to turn into team spotlights as well. So feel free to drop a comment. Let us know a rate and review. We're on Twitter, any player team wide receiver combo. Maybe it's a running back tandem, whatever you want us to break down. Let us know as we get into July, we're going to pump it up and we're going to do four episodes per week. And we're going to start increasing the amount of guests that we have on the show as well. Turn into August. We're going to turn that up to five. And then of course we'll be full strength come September. So we're very excited about it. Bobby, we uh, went through 400. It was awesome. I had the week. I had a great Father's Day. I, I had, it was an excellent, excellent time. Um, but I've rinsed it out. I patted myself on the back enough. Uh, I celebrated. I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to get into 500th episode, man. We're only 99 away at this point. So let's get into 401 here with the wide receiver age analysis. Let us know exactly what you have cooking for us today, and then I'll let you kick it off. All right. So listen, this is what I did. More than I grow into the dynasty's perspective, but also for redraft, I wanted to know when the cliff really comes from a production standpoint for wide receivers. So I looked at the last 10 years of data for every wide receiver that saw a target, but also receivers that saw 100 targets in a season to see when routes drop, when targets start falling, when you know efficiency metrics start slipping. Because I wanted to get an understanding of when we should start fading wide receivers because of their age. Um, I see a lot of times now we're getting huge discounts on guys like Julio Jones, uh, even guys later like Antonio Brown and T.Y. Hilton, for example, who are, quote unquote, in their 30s, older guys. No one wants them. But still, should we be doing that? So that's let, let me down this road. And I kind of want to get a better understanding. So there's a couple things we'll talk about first. There's four big pillars. The first is the data we got it from. So I got it from Pro Football Reference. Also use some data from Pro Football Focus. So I want to shout them out, of course. Uh, the data is from 2011 to 2020. Uh, every wide receiver in the we're going to talk about today had at least 100 targets in the season. So whether they were 21 or 37 years old, they had to have 100 targets to qualify. The reason why I did that and I put the benchmark so high is because I wanted to get a true understanding of how age impacts the better receivers. If I did all receivers, you would actually see the data would blend all together because there's a lot of young guys who get 20, 30 targets that don't pan out later in their careers. And that's going to bring down the overall averages for the elite guys that are in their younger 20s. So what I did is I put 100 targets there to avoid that. It gives us a better understanding of the better players. And those are the guys that typically go on to their late 20s and then early 30s. So it gives us a better baseline. So that's why I did 100 targets. Finally, everything you're going to see today is in half-point PPR. So I know, Sky, you're a PPR guy. We should fight about that some other time. But for today, we're going to talk about the uh, half-point PPR. So the first thing I want to talk about here is the first chart. Very simple. What I want to do for everybody in this episode is just simplify the data. 
And the first thing you need to know is I want I want to know is points and points per game because in the end I could tell you a bunch of fancy stats. Who gives a crap when it comes down to it? Because it's all about points and if they're producing points per game. So as you could see from the chart, everything in green, of course, is your higher marks, and everything in red is where you should start being concerned. There has been a wide receiver from 21 to 37 who's played and hit 100 targets over the last 10 years. We can go over how many later in the podcast. But for now, when you look at the chart, the peak is actually age 26. That goes for total points and points per game. There is That's the only time the wide receiver on average who get 100 targets has over 200 points and 13 points per game. So right there, it's kind of a smooth, as you can see from 21 to 26, it's a pretty solid, steady incline for points. And points per game, it kind of stays steady until it peaks. Then at 27 to 29, it's kind of stable. You see between about 185 to 194 points and then 12 to 12.6 points per game. Then we do see it drop off at age 30. However, I don't think it's as steep as many people would think. And as you can see from 30 to 34, it's very stable. We're talking like within only a handful of points and we're talking identical. I had to go back a couple times because the points per game are identical, essentially 11.5, 11.6. I'm like, something's got to be wrong. But the point is that if you look at the data, it's only 92%. If you look at brackets 26 to 29 and you compare it to 30 to 34, those five years side by side, it's about nine, just over 92% points and 92 points per game versus the earlier late 20s wide receivers. So that point is you're still getting about 92 to 93% of the overall production once they hit their 30s. However, the cliff that I thought was going to happen at 30 actually happens at 35. Granted, you still have some productive years. 10 points per game could be usable. It's not like it's going to be a bad thing, but you get about a 75% drop-off from the peak years in the late 20s to about 35 to 37. So that's kind of the first tidbit. So, Sky, I mean, based on the data you're seeing, what are your first thoughts? Well, it looks like the sweet spot there is 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. That's a big chunk, but really 25, 26. And I'm looking at Dynasty ADP currently, and I was looking at some of the players in that age range of 25, 26. I have Calvin Ridley going as a sixth wide receiver right now. Terry McLaurin and Chris Godwin are 25 currently. They'll be 25 for the season. And then you have Cortland Sutton at 28 coming back off that injury. Michael Gallup at 35. Do not forget about Michael Gallup, please. He'll be traded uh, midseason. I (laughs) I heard that. Or he will still crush it. Don't forget about my boy Michael Gallup. And another guy that I think is going uh, criminally undervalued because he's buried on his own depth chart now, Tyler Boyd at 26. And then just outside of the wide receiver threes at 37, Debo Samuel at 25. So those are just some of the names in that 25-26 range uh, that, according to your chart there, of the condensed uh, production, 26 really is that hot spot at 20, 205 and a half, half PPR points. Yeah. And then 13.3. And again, you have kind of that nice average of just over 12 to almost 13 between 25 and 29. Uh, but then between 30 and 34, it's quite literally almost identical so percentage there. Now, there's a couple of tidbits here that I want to take away before we transition to the big data dump and we talk about all the details. The first thing is that. I know that some rookies break out. I know that Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, I mean, even C.D. Lamb didn't have a great year on points per game basis last year. It was really like Justin Jefferson. 
But for the most part, there is a ramp up period. There is a time where it takes three, four, five years for these guys to truly hit their peak. So my thing is like guys like Tyler Boyd was a good example. He jumped up in his third year. Um, other guys that have produced it somewhat in their second year, first year, but maybe aren't elite yet, they still have time to grow. So I think we have to continue to monitor those players. Don't just assume that they're not going to be elite in their third, fourth year because they didn't do it year one. The second thing is if a guy at age 30 is producing, and he let's say he's a top – and listen, this is averages, right? This is averages. There's guys that were elite – dominant in their 30s there was guys that were duds but my point is when you look at this right now if a guy's good at age 30 as you can see from that stability they could be good just as good for the next four years now there's nothing in the data that shows that they cannot do it at age 31 32 33 and 34 because even though there's a slight dip at 30 it quickly stabilizes through those years so i think from a dynasty perspective these guys that are like adam thielen who's 30 years old is going at an extreme discount because people think, Oh, he's got maybe a year or two left. It's probably not. As long as the quarterback situation, the coaching staff and the continuity is there. I think you buy continuity for these guys. If there's continuity at the quarterback and the scheme and they're still healthy, go for it. I think you should be looking at injuries instead. That's my personal thought there. Sky, I know, I know before we jump into the details, you want to jump, uh, you want to do a quick promo spot. Yeah, and before we do that, I want to kind of mention, again, some of the Dynasty ADP right now because we talk a lot of redraft, but I want to mention some Dynasty on the old guys because in Dynasty, people just kind of dump out the old guys, right? You start thinking yeah. like, okay, 30 is that benchmark. We know about running backs. 30 is the cliff. We get it. But at wide oh. receiver, it – Oh, at, Sky. At, oh, at, I got, at wide receiver. I got a, Sky, I got, I got an analysis for you. I did the RB analysis. I dropped it yesterday. 31. Not 31. 30. Excuse 31 me. 31's a drop off. <laughs> I, I was way off, folks. I apologize. My my data was way off. My bad. Um, I just want to throw throw some bones to the old guys here. Julio Jones, number 21 in Dynasty. Again, you might get two years out of him, but if he stays healthy, he's still Julio Jones. Screaming deal, I think, uh, personally. 32 years old. Adam Thielen, wide receiver 31, 30 years old. John Brown, wide receiver 51, 31 years old with the Raiders. T.Y. Hilton, 60 years old with a new quarterback, 31 years old. Crushed it down the stretch last year. My boy Marvin Jones Jr. has Jared Goff. I don't love the landing spot there, but wide receiver 61 in Dynasty seems silly. He's also 31. And then A.J. Green, it's all about health. We know that. But 75, wide receiver 75 at 32 years old. You can get A.J. Green for free too. So just keep an eye on some of the old guys there. Well, Marvin Jones is on the Jags now, so he's playing with Trevor. Oh, that's Lawrence. right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so thank you. So actually, not a bad situation. I listen. We'll we'll talk a little bit later about that. I got actually have all the redraft data for points per game from last year versus their ADPs. We can talk a little dynasty too as well. He is a Jags. Good call there. I've been watching uh, Chris Sims put out his top 40 quarterbacks for the year that he does every year. And I was watching a bunch of it this morning and about an hour of the show was uh, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. So Jared Goff and the Lions is like cemented in my head and I got yeah. Marvin Jones mixed up. So Marvin Jones, let's see, man, I think he could do some work with Lawrence. We'll see what happens with Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. All right, let's give a shout out quickly to the Jersey jungle. Y'all know how we do this. DM them on Instagram at the Jersey jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys. 15% off of three-plus jerseys. They do have rookies. They have rookies coming in slowly but surely. They have uh, a handful of quarterbacks. They have Najee Harris. They have a handful of defensive players. 
if you're interested in that. I just got word that they'll be getting some more fantasy-relevant rookies coming around the bend soon as well. So if you want to get hot on those rookies, home and away, feel free to reach out to the Jersey Jungle. And also, as Bobby always says when he does these clips, just go check out their Instagram, their Instagram page in general. They have all sports, right? So you have basketball. They have a ton of old school basketball things. They have like eight or ten different Kobe Bryant jerseys, like purple, white, yellow, at eight, 24, some with the patches of all the championships of the Lakers that they had, some of all of his MVP awards, some custom ones, some throwbacks. Really, really cool. So they do all sports. Check out the Jersey Jungle. My boy Trenton will take care of you. Use the promo code TCK to get 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three plus uh bobby i gotta ask you this time around of the old guy 30 plus year old wide receivers um let's take julio jones out of it first of all i've already got one <laughs> secondly he's like the automatic any other 30 plus year old wide receiver that you'd like to have a jersey of right now i mean john brown on the raiders i think he's one of my favorite sleepers this year so i'm gonna go john brown i think he i know he just got brought up on fantasy footballers too about being a sleeper but i think john brown could be something so i, I would I'd roll a nice raider black I think I'd be cool with that with John Brown. I love that. Cool. I uh, I might uh, – man, I like the glory days of A.J. Green, man. I know he's got a bad taste yeah. in our mouth, but the, but the glory days of A.J. Brown was pretty – or A.J. Green, especially, uh, was pretty special. All right, Bobby, uh, you want to dive a little bit deeper into these numbers here? Yeah, I know it's not all about just the easy stuff. So what I did – and listen, I, I, I tell everyone, listen, go see the article, football.raswell.com. It's a pretty easy read. You know, just a couple charts that breaks down this information. I think – I think for the most part, you can get through it pretty quickly. I try to put this data together as high level as possible. But now the good thing, what I did here is I wanted to show a couple things. Um, this is basically the data dump. Like this is where all the information when it comes to, and if you're watching on YouTube, great. You can see it. If you're actually on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from, you should go check it out too on YouTube so you can see it. But if you want to go look at this at football.rasball.com, you can see it there as well. But one of the things, a couple things that stand out. First off, there is going to be a drop-off. There's a huge drop-off in the number of players that play into their 30s. That's kind of obvious. But the good thing is that there's a slight uptick in how many guys hit 100 targets. Now, I know because a lot of younger players in their you know early 20s and late 20s, there's still there isn't that many Jags that hit 100 targets. You have to be a good receiver to hit 100 targets. But still, the number of players in their 30s goes up 6% that hit 100 targets versus their counterparts in their 20s. So that's actually interesting. It actually, you start seeing more older players who hit 100 targets because those guys are established. I mean, listen, you know, football teams lean on their veterans and it shows in the data. Um, the other thing is that I actually, so when I compare side by side, when I, I talk brackets, so 25 to 29 versus 30 to 34, so two brackets I actually break down. Now, when you look at it, there's actually more in from age 30 to 34, you see more targets on average every year, and you see more routes run by those players than you see guys in their ages 25 to 29. Now, this is based on guys who get 100 targets. This isn't based on everybody. This is based on guys who get 100 targets. So these guys are still heavily involved. They're getting just as many targets. There isn't a huge drop-off in targets. However, there is a drop-off in efficiency. So you do see that all that. If you look at yards per targets, that middle column, and if you look at two over, there's yards per route run. You start seeing a little bit of red, and I know it starts getting a little alarming. It's like red, oh, my God, this is not good. But at the same time, you don't have to worry about it. It's about 92% efficiency. These guys are still performing well over 90% when it comes to 
yards per route run and all those efficiency metrics. And they're keeping up and actually getting a little more targets in their low, uh, 30 to 34. So it actually, when it comes down to fantasy points, as we saw earlier, it's not a huge drop off. So really when you see all this data put together, it's just what it shows me is number one, players in their low thirties are still going to be able to perform at a high level. Don't fade guys like an Adam Thielen. Don't completely fade him because he's 30. It's just not a thing. He, he's still going to be able to produce at a wide receiver two level. As long as he stays healthy, Julio Jones, I mean, his ADP says wide receiver 15, but I've consistently gotten that guy in the fourth, fifth rounds. And in dynasty, I got him in the sixth round in one of my drafts. So just keep that in mind. So when I'm looking at this raw data and all this detail, and I guess, I guess what I'm saying to you, Sky, first is what is, what stands out to you? Does anything stand out to you? What are your thoughts? Well, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see it with me here. Number of wide receivers with 100 targets at age 27, it balloons up to 47. That's by far the most. That's uh, what eight more than any other age range. So I'm looking over here on Dynasty, and I'm checking out who are some of the 27-year-old wide receivers this year. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. I want all those dudes on my fantasy team. And according to your data here, number of uh, wide receivers with 100 targets, that's 47 at the age 27 um, age range there. I love that. And, you know, if you, again, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see all these numbers of the podcast, folks. I'm trying to kind of spell it out for you. Um, but that looks great. And, again, if I'm looking at this data, Bobby, you also have a graph up here that just says number of wide receivers total per season at each age. Yeah. Right? And, and, well, and at, at from 22 to uh, 22 to 27, it keeps ascending. And then after 27, it kind of drops to 28, 29, and then plummets yeah. after that. So 27 really looks like the sweet spot. So that's what I'm kind of targeting these guys this year. Yeah, you see that that's kind of an obvious thing, right? So you see a younger guys, it grows to t- about 26. This is that first contract. Guys come into the league at 22, they get to 26, and then you see a huge drop-off. Um, it's a steep decline in total quantity um, for wide receivers. But the other thing, too, is that's for 10 years. So you do see – a huge peak at 24. But also if you look at the column, the third column or the fourth column, my apologies, it says percentage who got to 100 targets. It's all red, 22 to 26. It's all in the red, right? Because a lot of these young guys aren't getting the volume yet because they're either – a lot of these guys, of course, are um, you know younger receivers that don't ever pan out. So that's kind of why I tried to break – this is the only data point that doesn't show um, – doesn't give us a good idea because of the sense that there's so many more receivers that play younger ages. So yes, it is lower, but just keep in mind that it's red because you got all the guys who don't work out. You know, you got guys that are getting five targets, 10 targets in a season because we're including every receiver over the last 10 years. So I don't hold too much weight into the early career success, but as you can see from the actual numbers, there is a lot more guys at age 27 who get hundred targets than guys at age 23. So in quantity just alone, you, there is more opportunities for guys. There's a buildup to it. So guys in their 27 could have their career years at 26 and 27 easily because of all this metrics. I want to compound on this this age grouping right uh, real quick before we move on. Mm-hmm. I brought up the top 10. These are, these are the top 10 wide receiver fantasy finishes uh, of all time. Antonio Brown, number one, 27 years old in 2015. Antonio Brown, number two. 26 in 2014. 
Randy Moss, 30 years old in 2007. Marvin Harrison, 30 years old in 2002. Randy Moss again, 26 in 2003. Julio Jones, 26, 2015. Michael Thomas, 26, 2019. Calvin Johnson, Bobby, can you guess how old he was in 2011? 26. That's a pretty good guess. Torrey Holt, 27 in 2003. And Devontae Adams, 28 last year. So of the top 10 fantasy performances by a wide receiver all time, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or 26 or 27 years old. And other than the outlier, incredible Hall of Famers of Randy Moss and Marvin Harrison, everybody was 26, 27, 28 years old. So that is definitely the prime after that second contract. I think, Bobby, another thing, too, is you get a guy like Stephon Diggs, for example, okay? We saw mm-hmm. him come in, and we knew he was kind of a budding star in, in Minnesota, but he was behind Adam Thielen. Well, he goes to Buffalo – with literally the least accurate quarterback a season before, but now he is the number one. They pepper him with a league-high 144 targets. He gets that opportunity and explodes. So you get that second contract. He becomes a number one instead of a number two, and now all of a sudden you see that balloon. Right? It's not going to happen to every single receiver, obviously, but that's a prime example of a guy like kind of in the shadow, in the shadow, balloon amari cooper in the shadow of michael crabtree in oakland in the shadow of michael crabtree goes to dallas explodes so keep an eye on that moving forward with these younger guys at 23 4 5 that get that second opportunity 26 7 8 when they get maybe their own opportunity switch teams second contract and they mature and get to uh, start to blow up before 30 well you could be proactive in dynasty about those kind of things right so like i've always said before in previous podcasts go to our um one of those over-the-cap sites, see who's free agents in 2022. One of the guys you just brought up earlier, Michael Gallup, who has proven to be a good receiver. Mike Tags talked about it. You just talked about it. He's a free agent next year. He gets out of the shadow of Amari Cooper. He gets out of the shadow of CeeDee Lamb, and he goes somewhere and gets more opportunities. He could be easily – and he's he could be bought pretty – I mean, I don't even know how much you can get him for right now, but you could probably get him for maybe a sec- high-end second-round pick. In dynasty, yeah. I, mean, I mean that's that's the thing. Even a like, third, probably, because people aren't yeah. people aren't thinking and they're unsure what Dak's going to do yeah. and all that. But Amari Cooper or uh, Michael Gallup is somebody I'm 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 grabbing as much as I can. Yeah, so these are just the things you could look at these tidbits, and as you could tell, that he might not even peaked yet. The peak is 27. So if these guys are producing at a good level at 24, 25, but they haven't gotten the big opportunities yet. Those are guys you want to buy. You want to buy them because they haven't peaked yet. We don't know what their best elegant. Stefan Diggs, great example. Absolutely. Uh, before we move on to kind of, uh, you know, again, highlighting the older guys here, Bobby, with another graph that you have, I do want to give a shout out one more time to Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Y'all know we like to represent the new sponsor here on the podcast. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of your order. Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, banana based, not banana flavored. Go to Seek the Spice. Dot com and check out their orders. They do have two different flavors. As you know, you have the white label over here over my Julio Jones. That's a little more mild, kind of my flavor. And then, Bobby, you got that muy muy. You know how we do it. It's hot. It's spicy. It's delicious. It gives you a little zing on these hot summer days in the barbecues over my Gale Sayers jersey here as well. So go to SeekTheSpice.com. Check out Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Again, banana-based not banana flavored. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off 
off of your order. They'll ship it out to you. Shouts out to our boys out in the Midwest, uh, starting there at Ann Arbor, Michigan, at the Michigan Wolverines. All right, Bobby, you have one more graph here, man. Let's let's dive into the, the old guys and see who this might actually affect for 2021. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit. This is I put together some high-level data, um, just of the notable guys. But last year I looked at this too. There was about 20 there, between the ages of 30 and 34, there was 20 guys last year that saw a target at all in that age range. That's it. 20 players. Um, but of the 20, I would say 12 were draftable. You know, we, I'm not gonna go through that list, but there was about 12 guys. But overall, there was a bunch of solid fantasy guys from that group. You know, Adam Thielen comes to mind. We talked about T.Y. Hilton over the second half. Marvin Jones, Antonio Brown, he came into play. Cole Beasley had a career year last year, and he was in his 30s. This is kind of the point. Like, these guys, it's about opportunity, understanding, like, did their circumstances change for the better, or did they stay the same? Could they still produce? And this is kind of what the chart talks about. So I identified some of the main guys that I thought could still be fantasy viable. Of course, Emmanuel Sanders moved to Buffalo. That could complicate things for a guy like Cole Beasley. Um, but I don't see Manuel Sanders stepping in uh, and taking over for a guy like Beasley. I think he gives like maybe Gabriel Davis some a little bit tougher. But anyway, I digress. But the point is, last year, Emmanuel Sanders, and a lot of people don't realize this, he was actually really good for the Saints. He just didn't have any big-time games. He was wide receiver 45 in points per game. His ADP this year is 75. Now, I know Emmanuel Sanders is, is in a very crowded receiving core in Buffalo, so I'm not saying that he's one of the guys that I love. Antonio Brown is someone I do love. Uh, Antonio Brown is probably the best receiver of our decade, and he's at age 32. And this age analysis with me, he came off the street last year in week nine, and he produced at the points per game last year, 24. The wide receiver, 24 in points per game. He's going as the wide receiver, 46, and according to underdog ADP. That to me is mind blowing, but this is kind of the point. All these guys, Cole Beasley, listen, the circumstance, I mean, listen, I don't know if the vaccine thing's going on. He might not play. He said, I'd rather not play. I don't know. If he leaves, great. Gabriel Davis, buy him all day. I digress. But Cole Beasley last year had one of his better seasons in half point PPR. He was still the wide receiver 36 in points per game. He was even better overall through the course of the season, but he was wide receiver 36. He's going as the wide receiver 55. For no reason. This is the fact that like people are like, he's an older guy. I don't want him. And the thing is, his circumstance hasn't really changed. I mean, they swapped out Emmanuel Sanders for John Brown. Julio Jones is kind of the stable one uh, in the sense that he's I, – I personally listen. This ADP to me doesn't make sense. I've never seen him go as the wide receiver 15. But at the same time, I'm taking Julio all day in the fourth round. I, I think Ryan – It's just with Ten- A.J. Brown. It's just with A.J. Yeah. Brown now. That's, you know. Well, I mean, you had Calvin Ridley last year. It's the same concept. I mean, Calvin Ridley's just as good. He's a great route runner. Um, but I think for me, it's that low pass volume offense going from dirt quarters, has high pass volume offense to, uh, to whatever Todd Downey's going to do. Um, I just think it's that's, but still Julio Jones, you don't need to fade. If you start seeing him slip into the fourth round, you pull the trigger on Julio. Julio's going to be great. Um, T.Y. Hill, another great example. What not, what is not shown here? And I put this in the article was, Yes, he finishes the wide receiver 53 in points per game last year. From weeks 9 through 17, he was the wide receiver 22. He went, he turned it on. See, a lot of people wanted the new hotness, the Michael Pittmans, the Paris Campbells. Everybody wants the new flavor. They want the mooey mooey. But in the end, like sometimes the regular old hot sauce is the way to go. And that's that's T.Y. Hilton. And Hilton, listen, last year, it wasn't it wasn't Michael Pittman that made strides in the second half. It wasn't Paris Campbell was out. 
it was T.Y. Hilton, and he's going as the wide receiver 54. I just think in the tw- like that's at the 12th round. You got to take a flyer on him. Hilton, same thing. I mean, I can't go through all these guys unless I could talk through this all day, but Adam Thielen was the wide receiver nine last year. He's going at 21. That's a great value. You should be taking Adam Thielen in the fifth round of fantasy drafts as the wide receiver 21. John Brown's one of my favorite sleepers. Henry Ruggs is getting some buzz, but we don't know of Ruggs. Last year, Nelson Aguilar was the wide receiver 30 in fantasy. And now you can get John Brown, his replacement, who I think arguably is better than Nelson Aguilar, at wide receiver 65. That's not (laughs) even a thing. And then Marvin Jones. Listen, I think Marvin Jones, to me, you have to listen to camp reports. It's not a foregone conclusion that DJ Shark is the main outside receiver for this team. Marvin Jones has proven year over year that he could be a good quality wide receiver too, with wide receiver one upside if there's injuries to like Kenny Galladay, for example. So he's going at wide receiver 52. So of these guys, what's your thoughts? Uh, give me your give me your two cents. Urban Meyer has pretty much already put DJ Chark in the doghouse with some early camp reports. So Marvin Jones, being a longtime veteran, might have a chance there in Jacksonville with LaVisca Chenault anyway. So we'll see what happens. Again, I – we're over the AJ Green hype. I will rest. Uh, I will rest that. Um, but again, depending on what happens with Larry, depending on what happens with this offense in general, uh, Rondale Moore and everything else, I don't think you know AJ Green's wide receiver two days are way behind him. However, he's another guy in this age range uh, that isn't on this list that you could at least take a stab at if you're in the 12th, 15th, 18th round of a redraft league because nobody's going to draft him. Right, he's like fifth on the depth chart if if Larry plays, and if he comes back healthy, which apparently last year, you know, reports say that that he was getting a lot more healthy last year. They had the young studs. Joe Burrow was out. He was on a contract year. He wanted to leave anyway. Wanted to get paid. Didn't want to risk getting hurt again at the end of the season. Joe Mixon was out. We know how the Bengals were last year. So AJ Green could have maybe come back in the season and didn't. He's been resting all season. Coming on to the Cardinals now, a new squad. We'll see what happens. So. Just again, a deeper name in those when you're taking flyers. I know everybody likes the rookies, everybody likes the what if guys. Why not take the solid we've seen it guys in in the you know fifteenth round or whatever? Because we 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 know the upside and, and the uh, red zone potential at least. Two things. One is Marvin Jones. Listen, Daryl Bevel Lions went to the Jaguars. He's OC. They went out and got Marvin Jones after they brought over Daryl Bevel. Bevel's going to be the OC. He's the play caller. So they brought over Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has a head start pretty much on everybody. I know they're going to put the Urban Meyer twist on it, but Marvin Jones knows his terminology. The second thing is not pictured as Deshaun Jackson. I know this guy does not stay healthy. Best ball all day in the 20th round. But just think about if I know Deshaun Jackson still falls on the criteria. He's age 34. Uh, he is someone that I I, I want to, in deeper leagues, I want to make the last round pick because we've seen Deshaun Jackson when he's healthy, he's elite. But now he's playing with Matthew Stafford. And I think it's like one plus one equals two. And sometimes like, you know, Matthew Stafford, his arm with Deshaun Jackson equals, oh my God, I just got him in the 15th round. And I just think that like Deshaun Jackson to me, just put him on your bench for a week. I know Van Jefferson is, is a younger player who's ascending as well, and I know a lot of people have him as a popular sleeper. But if you start hearing that Deshaun Jackson's playing ahead of him in three receiver sets, just put him on the end of your bench, see what happens. Because if he blows up like he did week one a couple of years ago, you're not he's going to be the top waiver priority. I just think it's worth a shot. Deshaun Jackson currently going as the wide receiver 75 in redraft leagues, ladies and gentlemen. That's not dynasty. 
That's redraft 75. Here's a couple of the wide receivers going ahead of Deshaun Jackson. Sterling Sharp or Sterling Sharp, Sterling Shepard. <laughs> that, that shows you how old I am. Sterling like Shepard, Traquan Smith, Sammy Watkins, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kiki Cutie, who I forgot was even in the league. And then mm-hmm. you have uh, Darius Slayton behind him, Tim Patrick, Van Jefferson, Tajay Sharp, Matthew Slater, who I don't think even plays wide receiver, to be honest with you. He's a special oh, wow. teams Hall of Famer. And they're all in the same group here with Deshaun Jackson. So, again, yeah. you can get a couple deep bombs. And Matthew Stafford likes that. Calvin Johnson, Kenny Galladay, they don't have that wide receiver anymore, right? The Cooper Cup and Robert Woods make their hay on a seven-yard reception, and they're two of the best wide receivers in yards after catch. So opening up that field, I think, is going to be Deshaun Jackson while he's healthy. So, again, deep grab there in, in redraft leagues. So, Scott, tell me, uh, let's close this out. What are your thoughts? Is any of these guys going to be on your redraft radar? Which one of the guys we talked about today is on your radar? Who do you think you're going to take a shot on, maybe in the mid or late rounds? And you're talking 30-plus-year-old wide receivers? Talking about our old guys today. Yeah, so Julio Jones automatic, obviously. Um, I'm still riding the Julio train. I, It's all about health. He's not – there's a difference between getting being becoming 30, 31, 32 in the NFL and just kind of slowing down, having A.J. Green, injuries catching up and slowing down and then not being – he was hyper-targeted in the red zone with Joe Burrow early and couldn't make it happen, right? If Julio Jones got the targets that some of these wide receivers get – in the NFL, he would he would be the best wide receiver all time, probably easy, if he got the touchdowns that Antonio Brown got. You said Antonio Brown was the best uh, wide receiver of our, our decade. In fantasy, I don't disagree because I think he literally is because of the touchdowns. If Julio got an A-B's touchdowns plus uh, Julio's catches and yardage, it's neck and neck minimum, and I think Julio would get the edge. So Julio's automatic. Thielen makes me a little nervous just because I can't count on 14 touchdowns uh, now he missed a couple of games, so you take a few touchdowns off and just average things out. He's probably still a wide receiver too. Not bad. I could take that. But as far as the deep, deep guys, I don't know, man. The numbers don't scare me as much as they did before this exercise because I'm like, oh, 31, 32 like, isn't horrible yeah. for wide receivers. But I look at the names on the list. Emmanuel Sanders, no thanks. T.Y. Hilton, I've never been a T.Y. guy, ever. Like just, I'm not in the boomer bust wide receiver guys. Marvin Jones, I love him. I'll pro- he's probably my guy in the deeper rounds. AJ Green, love him. Can't handle it anymore. John Brown, I just can't handle Raiders. Uh, no, thank you. You know some of these other guys too. It just, I'm probably going to pass. So what about early Antonio guys. Brown? Oh, Antonio Brown, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Julio and Thielen early uh, if it's the right price. AB and Marvin Jones late. And honestly, AB is a legit steal. I mean, right, he, he might he might be the best wide receiver on the Bucks this year, straight up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's do just quick exercise for Julio Jones because he's sure. going right after Mike Evans. Are you taking Mike Evans or Julio Jones? Uh, Julio. Redraft. Uh, CD Lamb. Mm, God, CD Lamb. Just I think CD Lamb passes Amari this year. I really do. All right, and then Robinson. Allen Robinson. Robinson. I got to go Allen Robinson here, actually, which I don't think is the, it's not the popular pick, but he's looking at 150 targets plus back to back years. I think once, oh man, once they turn the keys over to Justin Fields, I think it's going to be good sledding. And, and it might, I I like Darnell Mooney, but there's not really competition over there for uh, Allen Robinson. So I love them both. I would probably go Robinson on that. Let's say, Position doesn't matter. Let's just say you, you you could take a wide receiver. You're in the fifth round. You want Thielen or Higgins? Higgins. Galladay. Thielen. Okay. 
Yeah, then it goes Ayuk, Odell Beckham, maybe. Odell Beckham Again, or I, 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 I'll, I'll back up just for a second. Again, Thielen and Galladay, I think, are like neck and neck-ish. And then I just say, okay, like, what's the competition? Yeah. And Kirk, Kirk Cousins isn't flashy. I never have him on my fantasy teams, but he gets it done. He's like a better version of what Phillip Rivers was for 20 years, right? He's going to be QB 13, and he's going to get it done. He's going to have a couple 404 games. Thielen is the is the red zone guy, and and uh, Justin yeah. Jefferson, even if Justin Jefferson is the one this year, Thielen is an excellent two. He and Cousins you know, want to be those guys. Um, I still don't trust their defense, so maybe they're yeah. still you know, running gun a little bit. So I'm going to take Thielen there. I mean, you realistically, because of the way things are falling, you can get Julio in the fourth, maybe Thielen in the fifth. And now we're talking, you got good young running backs. But another thing about the T.Y. Hilton thing, he's going to pick 140. This is not like T.Y. Hilton three years ago when you had to yeah. take him in the first five, six rounds. Yeah, this guy's going to pick 140 now. So this is what I'm talking about. This is like the 13th, 14th round. People are drafting kickers. You can get T.Y. Hilton, who could easily be the number one. So just keep these guys on your radar for fantasy. All right, Bobby, before we get out of here, I have one question for you then. Uh, fourteenth okay. round. You're on the clock. Redraft leagues. Uh, let's go half P- half PPR for you. Um, T. Y. Hilton or Young Way Koo. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna go T. Y. All day, baby. Man, I'm, I'm Young going, Way Koo. I'm going. I'm going Young Way easy, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm probably going Justin Tucker, my boy Butker. Uh, we'll okay. go J- Jason Sanders. I mean, don't get me started on kickers, bro. Dude, I have a kicker analysis, so we'll talk about that later in the during the season. So you'll be good to go. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do a, yeah, we'll do a, a two hour marathon on a, on auction draft dynasty kickers for y'all pretty soon. We'll this is what I joined the podcast for right here. <laughs> we'll get it in for you, yo family. It's been it's been a great episode. We appreciate you again. Four oh one. We're on the uh, front side here of four hundred episodes. Bobby, appreciate you. Being along for the ride, my man. Please follow us on Twitter. You can find me at my name, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. Find Bobby as well. Bobby, last name, L-A-M-A-R-C-O. Bobby Lamarco on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod, and find Bobby Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram as well. To our new family and friends, the Believe Podcast Network. And yo, please do yourself a favor and go scan around and find. Your favorite team probably has a podcast on this network. Uh, they have NFL likeness. They have other sports, many other interviews. Professional players run podcasts on this network. Uh, we are so uh, excited and um, really feel honored to be a part of this team here. So I want to give a, a shout out to our Believe Network family, and uh, we're going to be getting after it. So appreciate y'all sticking around. 401 in the books. Bobby, way to go. Knocking down the wide receiver age analysis stick around bobby coming up tomorrow with your player profile for this week and then i'll be back next week with mine everyone have a wonderful hump day get over that week and have a great rest of your week i'm your host sky guasco for my man bobby lamarco and we are out of here thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.